Hello, and welcome to No Lights Paranormal Podcast, where three paranormal investigators sit and discuss weird stories from the web, as also paranormal stories from the web. And then we discuss and debate them. My name is Joe. I am the lead investigator. Hey, my name is Teresa. I, um, yeah, I guess I'm just a researcher today. Okay, and Alex? <laughs> and I am your druid of the DVR. Mm-hmm. Your tech wizard, Alex. Yeah, there it was. I feel like I have started a trend that I am not going to be able to maintain, nope. for the record. <laughs> you will not, but it'll be hilarious watching you trying to do it. So, okay, now that the introductions are in place and we have no nothing else to do, let's just jump right into it. Today we are doing Stories of the Fae, which... I think that needs no introduction because everybody knows what the Fae are. See what he did there with the Druid thing? Yeah, yeah. Pun intended? I did. I saw it. I saw it. Points for that. So, um, since this was Alex's topic and Teresa went first last time, let's start off with Alex first. No? No. No, let's Uh, not start off with me first. He likes to bring it in for dramatic effect. Okay. Um, When we get to my story, you'll understand the point to it being last. Okay. Oh, well, then I guess I will again start this time with a little <laughs> bit of history. So, All right, Teresa, um, go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, I wanted to say um, Alex had picked Fae Hauntings as as the main topic for this week. I love it. Um, so I wanted to talk about Fae, also called Fairy Folk, also called Just Plain Fairies. And there is a difference in the spelling of Fairy as well. You have the F-A-I-R-E which is a more Americanized version of fairies where they are pretty and flit around the forest and happy. The Tinkerbell version. Yeah, very Tinkerbell. Disney. Exactly. And then you have fairies, which are the F-A-E-R-I-E, who, um, yeah, you don't want to mess with those little buggers. Or as they say in Ireland, those little fuckers. Yeah, those little fuckers, exactly. So they... um, they have a, a, a big tendency to be not so super nice. They need appeased with gifts and kind words, like most women do. And, <laughs> and uh, she said it. I did not. That's okay. Explains okay. fairy ring. <laughs> and they have um, they have a, a lovely little history of stealing children and uh, running away with them and making them pets and slaves, which is just just interesting to me. Um, of course, fairy are known as mythical or even legendary creatures. Um, they come from many, many European countries. In the Celtic religion, you're going to find them in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, uh, the Slavics, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Ukraine, which also is, you know, Slovakia, Slovenia, Herzegovina, uh, Poland, Russia, Bosnia, Bulgaria. There are so many more. Uh, They're also in Germanic cultures, like, of course, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, the Netherlands, all over France, and then in a whole bunch of English-speaking countries, including our own. Mm -hmm. So that is just a little little bit of history about Faye. So from here, uh, let's tell some stories. And yes, it's interesting that, you know, fairies come from all over. The Faye are all over. Uh, you can find them referenced, like you mentioned Disney. They're in Disney, but they're kind of different. They're like nice and cute, and they're not. Yeah. Uh, if any of you who are listening have ever encountered a fairy or a fae, you would know they're not one to mess with. And I will tell this story now in one of our ghost investigations. Mm. Uh, I actually had a faux pas of sorts. Um, 
You it's, fucked up. Yep, I did. Uh, it was in the woods. <laughs> and, you know, you do an investigation in the woods, sometimes it takes a long time. You're out there for a couple, maybe three to four hours. It's, it's a thing. And I had to use the restroom. And because I'm a dude and I can go outside and we're in the woods, I decided to go. I mean, I can go outside too. It's just a little more difficult. Right. You know, go a little number one. And we were in this little spot where we were kind of getting some activity and I was alone. And I went to relieve myself. And I looked down, already going. And as I stated in the first thing, all good things happen when you're peeing. Mm. I looked over and noticed I was peeing on a fairy ring. <laughs> the rest of the night was very entertaining. <laughs> Indeed. I feel so, like women are more cognizant of where they go even when they go outside. Well, we you, have know, you have to, to squat be. over yeah. yeah, you got to make sure you're not like spotting in poison ivy and things yeah, like that. Exactly. You know, it's 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 a little more difficult to, you know, get the right positioning and not like, you know, whiz down your leg. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I remember looking over at Alex that day and be like, "Um, I messed up. (laughs) So, with that being said, now you kind of understand we've had some dealings with them. So, let's jump right into the stories. Teresa, you're up. Yeah, sure. So, I actually found a really interesting story that I absolutely adored. (coughs) Oh, dang. Mine (coughs) is really neat. Um, It actually comes straight out of Ireland. Um, So... The main focus of the story, it was in the Global Post, uh, a Kareen Pertil had written this um, regarding an Irish cottage that they believe was haunted by violent fairies. In uh, Lixnaw, Ireland, I seriously hope I said that right, um, there is a cottage, this is a simple home that lies on the outskirts of the Blink and You'll Miss It Village in West Ireland's County Kerry. During the last two decades, no fewer than five inhabitants of this tiny white public-owned building died suddenly in tragic and unusual circumstances. The unsettling events have tapped into the culture of legend and supernatural belief that continues to color life here in Ireland. Uh, One of the inhabitants dozed off with a lit cigarette in his mouth, started a fire, and unfortunately he succumbed to smoke inhalation. Another one um, hung himself shortly after moving out of the home. Um, A third one um, unfortunately passed away in a car accident. The fourth inhabitant was stabbed to death while he was traveling in Wales. Mm. Um, And then the fifth one in November of 2013, so this is actually relatively recent, Uh, Neighbors found her body in one of the cottage's bedrooms. At this point, uh, she had lived there for like 18 months. They blamed um, her autistic teenage son for her murder. And to this day, he is still in a Dublin mental hospital. So, don't know if he actually did it or not. But, um, so... This, of course, this lady getting murdered is the absolute last straw. So the people in Cary County went to their council member, who at that time was a man named Robert Beasley, not sure if he still is in council or not, uh, during the election campaigns. And they said, you know what? We want this house completely destroyed. Like, like this is too much. There's too much bad stuff happening. You have totally pissed off the fairies. It's, <laughs> it's not cool. This might have been, you know... 
we don't know what's going on, but you need to rip this house down so this can never ever happen again and nobody can ever, you know, die from living there again. Uh, so, interestingly enough, um, a quil Quilter's Pub? Nice. Patty Quilter, proprietor of Quilter's Pub, which is also in Lixna, uh, he, he was quoted saying, um, there's a lot of people who would love to have this house because it's a, a very cute, quaint little house, blah, 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 blah. And all this bullshit about knocking it down. Uh, so, like, he was totally not having it. He was like, no, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. That's always a good argument. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In his defense, I'll take it. Right? I'll risk the fairies. That's pretty much what I said. <sighs> Joe's not invited because he pees on the rings, but... Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It's not etiquette. So there is a Gaelic term called... Uh, Peshog, which is, it says, in the old days, they called it Peshog. This is what uh, this man culture was talking about, uh, meaning superstition, voodoo, or anything suggesting that a paranormal power is at hand. There was a lot of Peshogan ghosts before electricity came in. Um, it's the word someone might use to explain unusual or unsettling phenomena. The mysterious deaths of five residents in a single cottage, for example. Um, so a Peshog. lot of... Pshaw, exactly. Which I actually think I've said, but not knowing what it was. I was just like, pshaw. Anyway, so, um, so far, the, the, as according to this article when it was written, the house had not yet been torn down. But there is a whole lot of this one man who, who is actually a fairy lobbyist. Go figure. Uh, his name's Eddie Lenahan. Lenahan? Lenahan. A grizzly beard folklorist in Western, Western <laughs> Ireland's County Clare. This guy has made his entire life out of stories of the Fae, talking to people Excuse who me. have had Fae encounters and Fae situations, etc., etc. And he says, well, hey, is it possible that this house was just simply built in a place where it should not have been? Yes. <laughs> right. Is there a fairy fort nearby? Or was this built on a ferry path or a funeral path, which would be a huge problem? He said it'd be lunacy if it was one of these things. According to the old people, uh, if you're on a ferry path, you'll never have peace or luck in, the, in a house that's, that's built there. Uh, no ferry paths are evident near the cottage today, uh, but you never know. It could happen. Anyway, so yeah, point to the story as of 1999. Actually, when was this? It might not have been 99. I might have just lied to you. Uh, this was 2014. October 30th of 2014. As of that date, the house had not been torn down. Um, but that doesn't mean it isn't now. Right. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was super, super interesting that people were like, yeah, you done pissed them off. Right. That's enough deaths. Let's let's not mm. live there anymore. I mean, let's be fair with this. I think that's the most things that go with the fairies mm -hmm. is don't piss them off. Don't piss them off. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting. Um, where did you find it? At? So that is actually on theworld.org, which is an internet news station. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So they can find the the absolutely thing the world in there for it. There's all kinds of crazy, awesome stories. Um, and a lot of them are across the pond. Yeah. Well, like I said previously when we were discussing this, like typically when I think fairies are fae, they originate from me, from Ireland. Mm, yeah. I don't know why. 
Okay. It just always has stuck in my mind. I think this may be genetics, but you know. <laughs> right. Uh, just to throw this out there to our dear listeners, all three of us sitting at this table have at least some Irish roots. American grown, Irish roots. Yes. Irish and Welsh, yes. Um, all right, was that all that you had? or? So there's a little bit of a continuation to the story that is but is not sort of attached to it. So the cool part is um, this, this man who owns this bar, he was also, he says, even down to today, there's kind of a re- residual belief that is uh, not spoken about, not articulated, but the belief is leave well enough alone. So, sometimes it goes even further than that. In 1999, the National Roads Authority, which is the basically our highway... RDOT. RDOT, exactly. Only in Ireland. um, They decided that there was a, a proposed bypass, a road bypass, in Northern Ireland that would... Uh, unfortunately completely destroy a hawthorn bush that the story was that this hawthorn bush played an important role in get this fairy military history uh, yeah um, little people are me and keep in mind the uh, Irish fairies are no Disney Disney five pixies it says right here they hold grudges destroy the destroying the bush could result in violent fairy retribution. Faulty brakes, mangled cars, death. So <laughs> the government as a whole in this multi-million dollar project decided they were going to put a fence around this hawthorn bush and completely reroute the course of the highway. I mean, if that don't say I believe, I don't know what does. Right? You don't have to have R. Kelly out there singing it <laughs> like they believed yes. it. <laughs> so if... Yeah, if that's not proof positive that in Ireland still even as as soon as 1999, which wasn't all that long ago, especially for us old people, um, the government rerouted a multi-million dollar uh, a <laughs> road project so that they didn't tear down a hawthorn bush. That's actually great. Yeah, that's that's kind of awesome. I, I love that to death, actually, because like I said, that says, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do believe in fairies. <laughs> um yeah, that's 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 actually hilarious and very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a personal giggle out of that. My bad. Uh, because I can just imagine Parliament being like, "I ain't fucking with them fairies." <laughs> no, leave it, leave it. <laughs> right, just, we'll just move around. Reroute. <laughs> She's on the other side. But that's another three hundred thousand dollars in asphalt. I don't give a shit. Right, right. Move the highway. Right. All right. Um, yeah. Mine doesn't have a cheery ending like that. Uh, if you were done, I don't want to interrupt. Go, please, go. Okay. Yes, tell us your story. Um, my story is kind of, it. I guess from my research, it said it was a famous trial in Ireland. Um, it was the murder of Bridget Cleary. And I hope I'm saying that last name right. Apologies if I mispronounce it. Um, it in, is Cleary, and okay. I know that story. So please okay. go ahead. Uh, in, Bridget was born in February 19, 1869. And she... Grew up and met the love of her life, supposedly, um, whose name was Michael. Uh, they got married and said they had a kind of a normal existence, I guess you could say. Uh, nothing spectacular, just kind of married and lived, going through the trials. Uh, Michael worked as a copper. She worked as a dressmaker. 
Um, they said they're as they got married, they looked for a house to live. There was also a house that was said to be the best in the village, yet no one lived there. Interesting. Because it was built on a ferry ring. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll so, take it. Right, right. So, common theme. Hmm. Um, so, as they moved in, nothing was really... Let me try that again in English. Nothing was really reported at the time of anything going on there. But... In March, on March 13th, Bridget was diagnosed with diagnosed with bronchitis, hmm. <coughs> which at that time in 1890, you know, the 1800s, it was a huge deal. That yeah. was a certified death sentence. Yeah. Um. So, with that said, uh, family came in, said their goodbyes. The priest actually showed up and did last rites. Damn. That's how official this was. Um, and they had a little bit of disagreement. Uh, the husband, Michael, and Bridget's father believed that Bridget was not Bridget, that she was a changeling, and that the fairies had taken her. Ooh. Um, yes, and since you know the story, I appreciate that. Uh, so, they did kind of like local remedies, kind of like the witch hunters did back in the day, of like, this cures witches, so they threw urine on her and all that, which yeah. doesn't this actually work. Cover a woman who suffered from bronchitis. Dear listeners, look thing. these things up. Yeah. They're entertaining. Like, yeah. some yeah. of the things are things. I can attest, urine does not keep fairies away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? It also does not help someone suffering from bronchitis, which right, is a, right. a virus. Please don't do that. Right, right. So, all that happened, and then she went missing on, doesn't actually give a date here, but it says March 1895. So, I think this all happened with about in about a week and a half. Uh, she went missing. Again, Michael was saying, like, she was taken by the fairies, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And then, I think about a week later... They found her burned body in a shallow grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, trials happened after that. People, you know, I think nine people were actually arrested within ties to the murder. And during the trial, uh, they actually, on March 15th, so, well, less than a couple days, probably about three days, um, the father, Ryan, I guess snitched yeah. on his son and said that they had gotten into argument, Michael and Bridget. And in this argument, there was an altercation. She was knocked down. He was still claiming, and, and this, it, I read this and I absolutely laughed out loud because this is a wife just going at her husband. Uh, I guess Never in, seen that before. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the argument, I guess he was saying, you're a changeling, you're not my wife, you were carried by the fairies, and Bridget retorted with, the only one taken by the fairies was your mother. <laughs> oh. So, I don't know if that's what started the punch in the face, but apparently he knocked her down and then burnt her body. Because mm. lore and all that, you burn a changeling to get rid of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, that was in the trial. Bridges' dad kind of snitched on his son-in-law and all that. Uh, the trial was quickly brought to an end. Um, and then they actually had a psychiatrist go over with Michael and his mental state and the psychiatrist determined that he, he had a brief psychotic disorder and that's what made him go through all of that. Well, so of course. brief psychotic disorder. 
I go through a lot of those. You live in a fairy house. (laughs) Right. One of the major things, in case our listeners don't know, is the fairies like to mess with you. They are royal pranksters. Mm -hmm. Now, this obviously is tragic. I'm not trying to make light of this in any way, shape, or form. But it adds validity to folklore and theories and all that, that he had a brief psychotic disorder and then killed his wife because he thought she was a changeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether or not fairies took her, because that's one of the things they do, they're weird, no one knows. But it did resolve the paranormal, par- paranoia from all of that, took effect in this dude's head, and royally screwed up his life, and now your life is over because they resulted in a trial that he was to be put to death. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I thought that was an interesting case because it kind of has all the normal stuff of fairies in it. You know, fairy ring, messing with people, taking them, you know, and they had no kids whatsoever. So it kind of fits into the whole folklore of it. So I just thought that was a a little interesting story to share. So the idea with that is most of the changeling folklore that I'm aware of, and again, um, with folklore, a lot of things are explained in a way to explain something that's fairly normal. Um, but a lot of the changeling folklore that I'm aware of, uh, all the swapping was done when they were babies, not right. when adults. Yeah, right. The exactly. Vast majority of so 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 just for those of you who are unaware, um, uh, the idea of a fairy changeling is that fairies will actually abduct uh, small children or babies right. and use them either um, as sort of a sacrifice to to the devil yes or simply to strengthen fairy stock or fairy genetics and to be honest with you a lot of pop culture is designed on that uh the most popular series that was recently just ended badly mind you (laughs) game of thrones oh right they took the babies mm -hmm, you know and made them into the white walkers and did all that so yeah it's repeated throughout history and it's yeah and when um when a changeling was created, it wasn't really created. So basically what it would be, it, was, it, would, it would be basically um, the offspring of a fairy or an elf that was not strong. One no. that was maybe um, deformed or had mental or physical handicaps. Right. And the fairies would switch that out with a perfectly healthy human child so that they could strengthen their bloodline. Perfectly healthy Right. Again, it's probably one of those things in folklore with the mix between having a child and the postpartum impression that comes with that. Right. And, you know, back before we had things like ultrasound where we could diagnose diseases. And, right. Know, if your kid's born with Down syndrome in right. the 1600s, oh, well, it must have been swapped it's out with a changeling. Change like, well, exactly. no, that's Sparta culture. Threw it off a cliff. Oh, right, <laughs> so. right. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. But yeah, so it is a great story, and Bridget was, um, this was the really late 18, mm-hmm. early 1900s, she was uh, 26 years old, actually, Yeah. when yeah. her husband essentially murdered her. Yeah. So, uh, super unfortunate that he got away with it. Side note, and this shows my age, my grandpa, my grandpa was alive during that time. Yeah, see? <laughs> so... That, that, that really, when you have a relative that is like that, or born in that time, and then you read a story from that time, it really kind of puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. While it's a long time, 
not really that long yeah, ago. Not that long. Not that long. Right. It's interesting that we consider things like fairies and whatnot uh, folklore, but of the two stories that you just read, um, both Teresa's being more recent and yours. Yeah. I mean, these are all within mm-hmm. a generation, two generations. Yep. yep. Just, I find it super, super interesting that people just blamed everything on the fairies. I mean, how do you, how do you do that? How do you know? Maybe it's human nature that's the I'll tell you thing. what, let me wrap this up real quick with a quick story and then we'll get into that discussion because I uh, do I do like that topic a lot and I, yeah. just want, I want to hold that there. So, uh, what I'm going to talk about <clears throat> is my favorite. <laughs> and now you'll see why it's at the end because it makes sense. I'm going to talk about the daughters of the two a day, mm. also known as banshees. Yeah. So, good thing I didn't pick that one. And yes, <laughs> yes. Um. So the general topic overall would have been uh. Right, right, right. Yeah. Maybe a slight carryover. Uh. However, I think I found an interesting story that you'll really enjoy. <laughs> um. So first off, uh, a banshee is a fairy in Irish legend. And her scream is said to be an omen of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scream is called a... Look, the, I'm pretty sure the word is keen. Uh, it's C-A-O-I-N-E. But it also means keening. So it sounds weird yeah, to say yeah. the word keen means keen. You know. Words are um, hard. <laughs> it's just so fun. the impressive part uh, is... Or Chino from Death Tones. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... In the origins of the Banshee folklore, uh, besides the way back when, uh, historians have traced some of the first stories of Banshees to the 8th century, which were based on a tradition of women who sang sorrowful songs of lament after someone's death. You could literally hire these people to go to a loved one's funeral, and they would keen for your loved one, and it was said to make it so that the family wasn't as upset. Like, they right. basically, they took the sorrow on them. Um, that said, so, one of the interesting things is, uh, with it being a sign of um, death, um, and the Irish families being blended over time, uh, it is actually said that each family has its own banshee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. One last little bit here. Um, no one is actually sure where banshees get their knowledge of a person's death from, uh, but apparently, in the you know, you can actually take classes for mythology and folklore and whatnot. Uh, but apparently, one theory suggests that. Each family member has his own personal observer who follows him around and reports back to the Banshee. Hmm. Uh, however, that belief is slowly dying out as the tale of Banshee is now regarded as more of a spooky bedtime story. Right. Um, that said, uh, maybe this story will shite a, shine a little light. <laughs> shite? Yeah, shite. shite. <laughs> maybe this story will shine a little light on the lighter side of the Banshee. Right. Um... Ill omen and I'm screaming to kill you are two totally different things. Mm. Uh, so, what I have found is a story of 
actually two rather short stories of some of the first banshees in America. Okay. Um, so, uh, one of the famous banshees inhabits the banks of the Tar River near Tarboro, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina was largely settled by the Scots-Irish, Scots themselves, and Irish. Uh, so it's no surprise that Irish folklore made its way over, especially in like an Irish-Scottish community. Um, anyway, so the Tar River Banshee first appeared in 1781. Uh, on this occasion, she did so in the customary role as the harbinger of death. Uh, Dave Warner, who was attacked and drowned by the British troops. Uh, after the murder of Dave Warner, uh, the soldiers claimed to be haunted. The Banshee was heard keening outside of their quarters, and she told them that they would all soon be dead. This came to pass when they were indeed killed in a skirmish in North Carolina uh, by the militia there. Uh, the Banshee did not stop there. She was seen about the Tar River where Dave Warner had been killed on occasion, and to this day, randomly, her sorrow for a whale can be heard. Um, and the other story that I have is Martown, West Virginia. Thomas and Mary Marr uh, were immigrants from Scotland that made a lives for themselves in West Virginia. Uh, Thomas, on several occasions, noticed a robed figure riding a white horse. The face of the rider was obscured by the hood of a cloak so that he never saw a clear view of the rider's face. When he tried to approach the rider, the figure would disappear into the morning mists. In February of 1878, the white horse and rider approached the house of Mary Marr while her husband was away. The rider came close. Mary could see the face of a veiled woman who spoke to Mary. I'm here to tell you that Marty Marr... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you, Mary Marr, that Thomas Marr has just died. Say your prayers, lady. I bid you well. The Banshee weighed one more appearance upon Mary's passing, and mourners at the funeral heard the keening of an unseen woman. Boom. You totally just said the word that I was looking for. So, uh, origins of the Banshee. Um, back in medieval times, they had people who would take on the role of a keener. A keener was a person who would come around during a funeral and would basically sing very, very sad songs. Um, <clears throat> which were called a word that I cannot even come close to pronouncing, but it is the Irish word for crying. Uh, and they would do this, they would cry and sing these songs at the gravesite. Um, and people actually made really good business out of this. People who were very talented, yeah, they, they would pay really good money for them. Um, so yeah, that is actually where uh, families, for the most powerful families, it was a common belief that Banshees, or fairy woman, as it's directly translated, would come to keen at the grave, um, and they were very talented singers. And yeah, so. Well, I mean, they still do that over there sometimes. So. Right, but keeners were said to be. Yeah. Yeah, certain keeners. I am down. I think that would be so cool. Like. It, it would. It would. Most. I mean, I don't really attend funerals because they're kind of downish but and I celebrate life but um, yeah no that would be very it's almost like a 21 gun salute yeah for a soldier kind so of that sure. would be actually very interesting to hear and see it actually go down um, but as far as banshees go they've 
I think there was a lore about them a while ago, or at least one that I read that they were actually like the Grim Reapers. Uh, yeah, I because so, they proceeded to coach the Bauer. Right. Mm. So, so my story was kind of trying to dispel some of the this is an evil creature myth. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and that's the major part of of the lore and the stories that I've read as well is that. Um, despite how we show them in popular culture today, banshees were actually never intended to be these horrible, evil things. Right. They are, in fact, fairy creatures, fey women. Um, but they, they absolutely were not at all evil or horrible. They were simply uh, keeners who, who cried and wailed because they were mourning someone's passing that was upcoming. A wailing woman. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a warning of ill omen. It's yeah. not a mm-hmm. yeah. not to get yeah. you. Which, ironically, I find interesting considering that in today's popular culture, Banshees are the bad guys and fairies yeah. are the good guys. Yeah. And in and history, totally flip. In history, Banshees might actually be the most pleasant and fairy. Did you, yeah. did you also know that uh, Banshees were said to constantly seek uh, human male attention and take them for their lovers. And yeah. if if a man were to refuse her, then she would be his slave. Yeah. And if she were to actually get the male that she was going after, then he would be hers and she would care for him literally forever, even into death. Yeah. And it, let's make no mistake about it, the fairies are integrated into the U.S. pop mm-hmm. culture. Um, as far as you mentioned Disney earlier, one of my favorite movies of all time growing up and still to this day, Dario Gil and the Little People. Oh, love that. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It has a very young Sean Connery in it. It's a great movie and deals with a lot of Irish lore and mythology. Um, they, uh, King O'Brien, the King of the Leprechauns is in it. Yep. They actually have Banshees in it. And it, like you said, it wasn't a death omen, but it preceded death. Mm-hmm. So it was right. just like, you know, like, hey... Get your affairs in order. Like, she knew that it was going to happen, and she was crying and wailing to say she was mourning the person's passing prior to them passing. Right, right, exactly. And, like you said, things have been flipped, Mm -hmm. which happens a lot in this country. Uh (laughs) Even even some super, super amazingly famous people like William Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. like, Two seconds, let's just mention A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's yeah. a play that my son has gone over in ninth grade English. It's something that uh, Joe just got an air freshener for his car called A Midsummer Night's Dream. Thank you, Yankee Kittle. <laughs> I've read the book. Uh, we've seen the play, and, and it's it's literally all about Oberon, the fairy king, and his wife are having you know a, a debate about she's you know wants to marry some mortal man. And all, all kinds of crazy stuff ensues. If you like Shakespeare, I highly recommend you read A Midsummer Night's Dream. It is, it's really, really cute and funny and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And there are parts that are just like gasp, you know, awesome. Um, sword fights, crazy stuff. But yeah, it's awesome. And it's, it's literally all about fairies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's very fluent in pop culture. And, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell that... You know, even the old movie Gangs of New York actually brought in Absolutely. old Irish culture. Yeah. And that has kind of 
made it way, made its way into the American structure of society. And I mean, we haven't gone as far as to move a highway over to not knock down a tree, but <laughs> <laughs> we've come close with. I think Disney was one of the first ones to actually put fairies in the movies and make them into a nice cuddly little thing. Mm-hmm. And because it sold things to kids. Right. And you can, Halloween, if they actually did the actual dress of what they look like, <laughs> no kid would want to be around one. <laughs> so just to make a couple of points clear, Irish folklore... Uh, fey hauntings they cover such a broad spectrum of things we can do five episodes on yes. different types of fey and oh, yeah. never run out of stuff to talk about uh, one thing that I did want to touch on that you know Teresa touched on a little you've touched on a little um, again Irish belief in all things fey is much different than how we see it today yeah. um, I don't even want to say how we see it today because there are a lot of us especially in this field or even you listeners of the podcast that know what a fae is it's not yeah. you know, but it's just the way that Hollywood portrays it um, even think as far as you know their deities go um, the two a day uh, they were actually a tribe of warrior people. They fought for their country. They fought with yep. their country. They were not uh, deities in the way that we see deities today. They were people of their own people that rose above. Yeah. And they were worshipped and recognized for it. At heroes, for an, you know, I, not to coin a term from today's uh, linguist, but... Yeah, they were essentially heroes that were touted to such high standards that they became gods. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's it. I mean, you can look up many books on Irish culture and mythology, and you'll find exactly that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and to toss in yet another uh, pop culture reference from from our childhoods, um, if you go to um, you know any bookstore in the world, or now they even have it on television, and you look up the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Um, there is one of the main characters in the story is a fawn, yeah. which is also a fake creature. Which also played Professor X, but we won't get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a movie nerd, so. Um, yeah, no, like, and even so, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that had a whole, like, I mean... Peter Dinklage played a gnome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there were so, so many references of fake creatures, and I mean, that one... That one's just in the last forty years. That's yeah, and not not let's not even mention gnome gardens, fairy gardens, exactly stuff like that. Which interesting story here. I'm not going to call her out, but there's someone I'm work work with who might be listening, and she actually told me that the previous tenants to her house had a fairy garden and left tributes to them. Um, you should actually. She didn't know that when she moved in. <laughs> oh! You should yes. tell your next tenant that, hey, we've got a fairy garden, keep giving. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that should be, like, disclosed. <laughs> and most of it is, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, etiquette, fairy etiquette is yeah. some of them used to leave out milk for fairies. Yeah, anything. Milk and anything bread. Small. Yes, yes. Anything, just, just, just small little sweet treats like milk. Yeah. They yeah. love it. Um, but, so yeah. The, the problem with all of that is 
it's the convergence and most of this folklore, like let's say a lot of the Fae stuff, all right? Uh, a lot of, it's old tradition mm-hmm. is what it is. And, you know, I learned things like, so I can tell you a quick story about what I think now, looking back on it, uh, was a banshee in my own family. Um, my grandmother, uh, my great grandma passed away in her house. Uh, my great grandma, her name was Dolores Collier. Collier. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. Your grandma told me this story. And she said that right before uh, my great grandmother passed, she heard an unearthly wail from out the window. And now looking back on it, my 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 great grandma was straight Irish. I mean, she was the angriest. Red-headed Irish woman I've ever met in my life, and also the most lovable. Yeah, angry in the most lovable way, and anybody that has any Irish heritage or especially Irish parents knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. My mother, yes. <laughs> so no, I, I kind of forget where I was going with that because I branched off on a story, but yeah, it's just about a banshee being in your own family. Oh, right. well, that was the story, but I don't remember oh. what I was talking about before that now. So, <laughs> we're so, old, that happens from yeah, time to time. Things. <laughs> to, to, sort of, to sort of bring closure to the conversation, I, I, I just pose a very, very simple question. Alex, do you personally believe in fairies? I absolutely believe in fairies. I absolutely believe that I have seen fairies. Mm-hmm. Joe, what about you? Know, you? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly believe in it, especially after I peed on your house. Yes, they came <laughs> after me, so I wholeheartedly believe in it. And I believed in it before that. Yeah. And mind you, I've said my beliefs in past episodes. And yes, I wholeheartedly believe in it because I've seen them. Yeah. I've. Ooh, funny story here. Mm. Sorry, I know I'm cutting into time here a little bit. No, that's fine. Um, I used to live in Akron. And right on the street that I lived in, we lived across the street to this old woman. Her name was Mary Adamoff. Mm. Dear sweet woman was kind of like my grandma growing up. She kind of did the grandma things for me. Uh, I would mow her lawn. She would make me lasagna. I worked for food. Um, <laughs> but one during Christmas one time, me and my dad are sitting up watching TV, and I think I was only like 18, 19 at the time. We're sitting up watching TV. I can't remember what show it was. My dad just kind of jerks up, looks out the window, and he goes, I think there's something, like a dog or something, dancing in Mary's yard. I run over to the door just to kind of see it because, I don't know, it struck my fancy. So I run over there, I look out, and I see, like, this weird little thing pirouetting in, like, a weird dance kind of thing. And I'm like, that's weird. So I went out, mind you, there's snow on the ground and everything. So I went out and kind of looked over because it looked like a person doing that. That's interesting. So I went over there and looked, and... On the side of her lawn, she had bushes, like those weird little bushes that people put in her lawn that are nasty and you have to trim them and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I'm walking closer just to see if there's an actual human in this old lady's yard and what are they doing there at 11 o'clock at night, this little head just popped up out of nowhere, smiled at me, and waved, and then disappeared. I will admit, I was not a man in that situation. I turned and ran. (laughs) (laughs) It freaked me out a little bit. Later on, I told my next door neighbor about it, and she goes, "Oh yeah, that was that was a Christmas fairy." She goes, "They they come along, they're good luck," and she was Lithuanian. 
And she's like, yeah, they're good luck. She goes, yeah, no, my, my religion believes in that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that brings you good luck. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, so so you're not thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> so, yes, I just wanted to share that story. Sorry, I know. That's I actually a really that. phenomenal story. I love that. That actually brings me back to what we were talking. Now I remembered. Sorry. You know, the 40-year-old 40, <laughs> 40 brain works in mysterious ways. Um, tradition. Tradition is what we were talking about. Yeah. Mm. And the story about, you know, your friend at work who didn't realize that she yeah. had a fairy garden. Right. Um, a lot of times in life, and especially when you hit our age, uh, we tend to, you know, we go through our, our teenage years and our 20-year-old rebellious years where we try to find our own person, and then we hit a certain age where we close in on tradition and we kind of embrace it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially, especially when we're multi-cultured in our tradition, like, I spent a lot of time with my great-grandma, yeah. who was Irish. I heard a lot of Irish stories and Irish folklore from my great-grandma. But it's one of those things that if it's not a tradition that you're familiar with because you're not part of that heritage in some very blessed way, like, you wouldn't know. So, you know, the last person that lived there that's just carrying on the tradition that her family taught her or whatever, right? just didn't even think to tell the next person in line. Exactly. So, what I would recommend... Put out a saucer of milk. Ah, uh, no. That's what I would do. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what you would do. But the thing is, then you run into issues like this, where you move out of your house. Somebody else moves in. That whole situation is avoided if you don't mess with the Fae to begin with. Yes. I disagree. And Keith Piper CJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, we're all... Listen, Joe and I have a tradition. Uh, we go up to a place in the Cuyahoga Valley. Um, it is along some ley lines. And there are presumed to be fey hauntings there. Quick backstory: it's along the Ohio Canal System, the Erie Canal System, which was built on the backs of Irish immigrants. Mm, uh, a lot of them died nice. throughout the entire area, and given the working conditions and the cost of things back then, they were basically just kicked into the canal and their bodies are there somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, again, that tradition that just carries itself over. Um, but Joe and I, and my wife as well, when we go to this place, Sometimes. we always we most of the time bring whiskey with us. We no, I meant sometimes Teresa's with us. <laughs> we will do a shot with the fairies, and then we go on about our way. They basically, so I guess that is kind of yeah. arguing against my don't be nice to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I wholeheartedly think that... Um, Listen, we take a shot and pour some on the ground for our homies, and then we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not going out and getting loaded. It's a shot, yeah. and then pour some out for the homies. Exactly. I, I wholeheartedly think that it's important to... Um, continue with customary uh, traditions and pay a little bit of respect for the things that owned this world long before we ever existed. Uh, well, okay, that kind of, go- I mean, yes, it's all about etiquette. So if, yes, if you do that in this house, before you leave and move on to the next one, let the next owners know, Oh, hey, yeah, 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 you don't want to just, do like, this. leave them stranded. Yes. That would be terrible. Again, it seems to be an underlying thing of don't be a douche. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. But yeah, 
So I think that that wraps up, what is this, episode five? five? How yes. crazy is that? <clears throat> Halfway to ten. Halfway to double digits. Yeah, exactly. And just so our listeners know, we actually are going to have a couple weeks here because we have some investigations and stuff going on and stuff in our personal lives that we are doing. Don't worry, we're going to keep on giving you a new episode every single Monday. Exactly. Uh, but we are also, I think what Joe's getting at, is going to update you on um, some actual investigations that we are doing. That's actually not what I was getting at, well, but fine, thank you for you that plug in. No, what I was going to say is I'm going to leave it up to the chat or if you want to email us, let us know because here's two discussions. One, pop culture movies that have influenced by Supernatural mm -hmm. and actually have real-life annotations to the movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do we discuss that? Or do we discuss something else? You bring it up. Yeah, let us know. We want to know. What do you want to talk about? You know, and we're talking about stuff like the Amityville Horror House, yes. the Sharon Tate murders, things like that. I mean, we can go into the hauntings of those. And like, like, like Joe said, the pop culture reference versus the actual true story. How mm -hmm. much did they get right and how much is different? Yeah, yeah, and totally don't forget about those that were not like super, super blockbusters. Like indie movies and foreign films and cons film festival movies. Please, let's talk about those ones too. Or my favorite low-budget horror movie of all time, The Tooth Fairy. Yes. <laughs> um, that said, uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up that we are kind of working... Well, we're working on like two things. We're working on a lot of um, things, but... We're working on a lot of things, that's true. Uh, we're working on a few things. Uh, first and foremost, again, we are working on the merch thing. We want to get some hoodies, some hats, some t-shirts. Nothing like an extraneous line of merchandise, but start out with some hoodies, some hats, some t-shirts available in everybody's sizes. Uh, if you're looking at this podcast, you can see our logo wherever you're at because it's the little logo over in the corner. It's the broken light bulb. Looks amazing. It will look slick on a shirt or a hoodie. Mm -hmm. Or um, a toboggan hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a toboggan hat. I was thinking ball cap for now until it gets cold again, or at least fall, you know? That's you. I but I guess you. there are certain people that live in places. Not, so I've shared this with a, another group that's kind of around the globe. So yeah. there may be places that don't have our same climate. But so. also, give us time, guys. We're three people working on this. So. Facts. If you're in Antarctica, let me know. I but will make you the mother of all warm coats with my logo on it. We were coming up on the end of our time, and I just want to say again, thank you guys very much for listening to us ramble on about odd stuff here and there. We appreciate you guys so much. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Have oh, don't forget, time. like and share. No Lights Paranormal at Facebook.com. No Lights Paranormal.com. And then, of course, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that other fun stuff, too. Like, 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 please. And if you got stories, email them. No, it's paranormal at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>